Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. You know, people that are, are happy to be in the house of God, they tell others that they're happy with the church that they go to. And so we just watched this video, Friends and Family Sunday. How many of us have friends that don't come or don't go to a church? I don't, we, we're not in the business of stealing members, right? Uh, but if you have a person uh, in your life who does not have a relationship with Jesus, they don't go to a church, I want you to start texting them, tell them, save the date. It's, it's coming up, our Friends and Family Sunday. Um, come with me, you know, I, I'll take you to lunch afterwards. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, right? Um, but, but we, we don't, we don't have these friends and family Sundays for, for us. We have them for our friends and families. So if we're not inviting people, it's just going to be us. And I I like y'all and everything, but, uh, we want, we want to tell people about Jesus. And so that's what this, uh, friends and family Sunday is. Amen. So I'm going to task y'all to, to do that. Um, next Sunday, we have another special service. You know what next Sunday is? Mother's Day. The, all the mamas know, right? The mamas know it's Mother's Day. Um, but if you, have, if you have a mother, if you have a wife who's a mother, if you have a mother-in-law, um, some, someone special in your life who is a mother, bring them to church next, next Sunday. Amen. And also take them to lunch. You're like, man, pastor's always trying to give me spend money, man. You know, got to do what you got to do. Um, but next week, we actually we have a very special speaker with us. And uh, she's a mighty woman of God. She's got uh, two, two beautiful little girls. She's a beautiful wife, uh, just mm, uh, to, a, to a handsome, ginger-looking man. Uh, Pastor Melissa will be bringing the word next Sunday. Amen. And I know that God is going to be speaking through her, so don't, don't miss that. It's going to be an awesome time. Um, so we're going to get into the word this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Galatians chapter two, Galatians chapter two. And we're going to be reading out of verse verses 11 through 13 Galatians. If you have it, you can say, amen. We're not reading a lot of verses like we usually do, uh, this, this time, but But it's short and sweet. And so starting at verse 11, it says, But when Peter came to Antioch, I, I as Paul, had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterwards, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. And as a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we we thank you, my God, for for your spirit this morning. We thank you for this worship, my God. Uh, I pray right now, Lord, that as, as we sit down, my God, as we listen to what you have for us, Father God, I pray, Father God, with open open hearts, open minds, Father, that your spirit convict and bring a word, Father God, that we can apply to our every single day lives, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. So if you've been here the past few weeks, we've been talking about sin. We're, we're in, a, in a series called Unnoticed. And, and we're talking about sin, not just, not just like the obvious sins like sexual morality and idolatry. We're talking about sins that often go unnoticed. Sins that are not very easy to, to spot. And sometimes it starts off very small and, and innocent, but later it can become something uh, of destruction to our relationships and to our churches, to our ministries, and to our own personal walks with God. Last week I spoke about uh, the sin of being unforgiving and how we cannot expect God to forgive us as sinners if we cannot forgive others. And then the week before that I talked about pride. Today we're going to talk about something that I believe is extremely subtle It's almost like a camouflage in our lives if we possess it. It's so unnoticeable. I bet you, you probably don't even know what we're talking about even after reading the passage. It's the sin of people pleasing. Got any people pleasers in the room? Now, I want to be clear. It's before going on any further. It's not it's not always a sin to to please people. It's only a sin when, when our pleasing of people comes at the expense of, of displeasing God, right? And so people pleasing, it, it, it actually can be a good thing because it comes, from, it comes from the right place, right? All the things that Jesus spoke about. Jesus wants us to love our neighbors. And so, you know, if I want to please someone, it, it might mean that I'm a kind person. It might mean that you, you are loving, compassionate, you know, much of what Jesus speaks about, Jesus says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I want to be pleased, right? I don't want to be displeased. That's why I love love Chick-fil-A so much, man, because they are in the business of pleasing people. It is their pleasure to please you. I mean, from, from the, from the drive-through, the whole experience, it's just, it's, it's amazing. How how many of us are you, how many of us are never pleased when we go to Chick-fil-A? None of us, right? Because they they know how to do it right. They have got it figured out. The only time Chick-fil-A displeases people is on Sundays when they're closed. And they they do that because they would rather please God by being obedient and keeping that as a dare of rest. And so it doesn't matter if everybody's trying to get some Chick-fil-A. You know, we have a a new Chick-fil-A employee here, uh, uh, Jacob, right? One One of our youth. And I told him, you know, Saturdays to, to, to stack up on those chicken sandwiches, uh, pass them out after, after church. Imagine, imagine a church that sells Chick-fil-A on Sundays. Ooh, we'd be packed. Man. <laughs> so so there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with, with pleasing people. It might mean that you, you are a good person and you're putting others before yourselves. But it can become sinful when, when people are being pleased while the Holy Spirit is grieving. While, while you're doing, you know, while you're doing what people have asked you to do, but you're disobeying God. When you're acting in a way that people expect. And th- this, is, this is such a hard one for like politicians, for, for leaders, for, for pastors, right? We, we want to act in ways that, that people expect us to, but sometimes God expects us uh, to, to go in a different direction uh, other than the one that people are, are wanting us to go. And so, you know why this often goes unnoticed? Sometimes we don't notice that we're, that we're committing this, this sin of, of pleasing people rather than pleasing God. It's because people are louder than God. You know what I'm saying? People are louder than God. 
See, God works in the silence. God likes the silence. That's his thing. That's why, that's why faith can be so hard sometimes. Because we put our faith in a God who doesn't give us the step-by-step, the play-by-play. He doesn't give us every single turn to make like your GPS does. He works in the silence. And so oftentimes God approves quietly. Oftentimes God disapproves quietly. People approve loudly. They clap, they cheer, we celebrate. People disapprove loudly. We scream, we argue, we fight, take our earrings out, right? We, we protest, right? So, so oftentimes God's one word of approval is drowned out by the thousands of screams and protests of people's disapproval. And who do you think we're going to listen to? Sometimes, sometimes God gives you a word of disapproval. He, he says no. How many of you have been told no by God before? No. Right? You're starting to type that text message. Holy Spirit's like, stop. Stop. Right? You're about to open up your mouth. Right? Don't, don't, don't say that. Right? We've all, been, we've all had something that maybe we wanted to do and, and God dis, disapproved, right? And, and oftentimes that comes in the form of conviction. That's how God disapproves sometimes. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's something of, of conviction. Like you, know that you, shouldn't, you know that you shouldn't be with that man. But all your girlfriends are like, you need to marry that man. He's got a good job, makes good money, he's handsome, right? And so we, we often listen to the voices that are louder, and we choose to please them. I was, I was, I was preparing. I was reminded of, of Saul, King Saul. God told Saul to destroy the, the Amalekites, right? Everything. Destroy everything. Destroy everything. Because they, they posed a threat to, to the future of Israel. But, but then Saul gets onto the battlefield. And some of his soldiers tell him, hey, we should, we should probably take back some of the goods of the land. How are we just going to let... These, these, these sheep and, and, and this cattle go to waste. I mean, let's, let's take them back. We can offer them as a sacrifice. How are we just going to let you know, these, these treasures just stay here and be consumed? Did God really tell you that, Saul, to destroy everything? Let's do it. Let's take it back. And Saul chose to please people instead of pleasing God. And then God calls him out on it. 1 Samuel 15, 24 uh, Saul responds, he says, I was afraid of the men and I gave in to them. I was afraid of the men. I was afraid of the voices that were louder than yours. Because I, I, want, you, I want you to notice something. God didn't argue with Saul on the battlefield. God saw everything that was going down. He saw what Saul was doing. He saw the pressure that was on Saul to, to, to disobey God. He didn't say, hey, 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 Saul, remember what I said? Remember what I told you? Don't step away from that sheep. Step away from that cattle. God didn't do that. Instead, he allowed the people to speak. He, he allowed the people to, to be a voice of influence. He allowed them to weigh in with their thoughts and with their opinions and put pressure on Saul. And Saul ultimately chose to please people rather than obeying what God had already told him to do. Now, I believe that there's a lot of people today who have already been approved by God. You've already been approved by God. You've been anointed by God. You've been appointed by God. 
Your ways have been established by God and you know the promises that he has made to you. How many of you guys are waiting on some promises to be fulfilled because you know what they are? He's made them to you. He's made them known to you. He's called you by name. He showed you where you're going to go. But too many times, it's like we want God to remind us every step of the way, the promise. We want him to speak in the battlefield when other people are trying to influence us, when other people are speaking. Layla does this all the time. We'll tell Layla that we're going to take her to like the park or Olive Gardens, her favorite restaurant. She wants us to reaffirm that every hour. I don't know if you have a kid like that, but we'll tell her once. And then an hour later, she's like, hey, we're going to Olive Garden, right? <laughs> yes, Layla, we told you we're going to Olive Garden. Okay, just checking. Hour goes by. We're still going to Olive Garden, right? Yeah. Yes, Layla, we have a lunch. Hey, we just had lunch. We're still going to Olive Garden tonight for dinner, right? <laughs> yes, Layla. And, you know, it gets to the point where Melissa's like, hey, ask me that one more time and the answer is going to be no next time, Right? And we do this to God. We want God to just, God, remind me. You, 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 said, you said this, right, over my life. You said I was going to have victory in this area, right? God, you, you said I was going to be healed, right? That's what you said, right? I, I, just, I, just need to be, I just need to be reminded. Because sometimes we, we lose confidence in the promise. We lose confidence in ourselves because we're allowing other voices to weigh in and give us their thoughts and give us their opinions on who God called us to be. I don't know if I'm speaking to anybody this morning, but look, I got to tell you, man, when God speaks once, that should be enough. When God tells you something one time, you can, you can take that to the bank, man. Isaiah 55, 11, it says, So my word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God works. God, God gives a word and then he works in the silence. I don't need to say it again. I said it once. It's going to happen. I don't need to remind the universe. I don't need to remind the sun to keep on shining. I told it to shine. It's going to shine until I tell it to stop. Why do you want the reminder every single day? God works in the silence. People work in the noise. And maybe you're opening yourself up to too many opinions on what God has already spoken over your life. I'm going to speak personally for a minute. Two and a half years ago, I was voted in as the, as the lead pastor. And I got up on the stage and, I, and I, I said something to the congregation that was really more for me. Um, I said it directly to, to the congregation, but kind of indirectly to myself. I said, I am not el pastor reverendo Juan Cantu. I didn't say it like that. I said, I am not my dad. I am not my dad. It was the first thing I said. And I said, he, he was not my, my grandfather. And I said, that shouldn't matter because God doesn't call us to be different versions of other people. God calls originals, right? God calls originals. Now, I had to tell myself that because I witnessed, I witnessed the struggle when my parents became pastors. I witnessed the comparison I witnessed people telling my dad, you know, your, your father-in-law did things this way. Your father-in-law had 
had this vision that would compare my mom to her mom. Your, your mom would never do what you're thinking of doing. And I saw that. And so I had to, t- I have to say this to myself because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm often guilty of, of people pleasing. I hate the feeling of, of thinking that I let people down. I hate it. If I ever, if I ever let you down, know that I'm beating myself up inside. I hate that feeling because I, I want to encourage people. I want to speak life into people. And I, and I want, when, when, I, when I try my hardest, when I work my hardest, I want that so badly to be good enough. But I also know and understand that sometimes it isn't. I have to know that some people are not going to like me as a person. Some people are not going to like me as a pastor. I know that not everyone who walks into this building as a visitor is going to come back the following Sunday. And it could be because of something that I said behind the pulpit. It could be, it could be because of one of the songs that we sang. It didn't vibe very well with them. It could be because the vision that, that we have, it doesn't really fit their vision of what a church should look like. It could be because a word that I gave was too harsh. It could be because it wasn't harsh enough. It, it could be because I'm not dressed up enough. It could be because I'm too dressed up. We are never going to satisfy people. And you're going to drive yourself crazy trying to be all the things that other people want you to be and if you allow yourself to listen to the noise rather than what the word of God has spoken over your life you're going to become someone else I need you to get that because sometimes we try to become someone else who God didn't call God calls us and then we think we have to become someone else. God called you as a preacher and now you're like, okay, well, that means I got to be like T.D. Jakes. No, no, he didn't call T.D. Jakes. He he called him, but he called you for something different. Stop trying to be another person because the moment you become someone else is the moment you stop being who God called. So I had to tell myself that. I have to be true I have to be true to who I am as a person because I, who I am as a person is a person that God called to, to pastor in this moment. So I have to give these pep talks to myself, church. I, I really do, very often. Like I, I, when I hate, that I'm, I hate the fact that I'm an introvert sometimes, I have to remind myself, God called an introvert. <laughs> right? Pastor Marisa knows what I'm talking about. Right? If you look... I don't know if anybody, I, I know y'all are into like the Enneagrams, right? I'm a number three. There's no sense in me trying to become a number one, number two, number four, number five. I'm number three. I don't like wearing suits all the time when I preach. That has offended some people before. God doesn't call us based on what we like to wear, what we don't like to wear. So I don't know what God is calling you to. I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but But you might need to hear, man, you need to stop letting people critique your calling. You need to to surround yourself with people who want to see you become the person that God called you to be. Those people are going to uplift you and encourage you, correct you. Uh Uh-oh. No, not correct me. Don't, Don't do that one. No, correct you too, right? Surround yourself with people who don't need to be pleased as long as God is being pleased. Sometimes people ask me what I, what, I, what I think about like a certain ministry or a certain minister or a church. What do you think about this church, pastor? What do you think about pastor so-and-so and how they're doing things? What do you think about this, this worship band? And, 
And, you know, my answer is always, unless they're straight up, you know, committing heresy and, and they're doing harm to the gospel, I say, well, that might not be the way that I do church. That might not be the song that I choose to sing. That might not be the, the message that I feel comfortable preaching. But if it brings honor and glory to God and they are being used in the capacity that God called them to be used in, my opinion is irrelevant. This question doesn't even matter. What, it doesn't matter what I think. If someone is being used by God, we, man, we're guilty of this, church. Man, we know how to criticize each other. Ministers know how to criticize ministers. Pastors know how to criticize pastors. Nothing makes me more annoyed than that. Don't try to have a conversation with me like that. Hold on, honey. Holy Spirit. When my heart starts to race, I know that I need to calm down. <laughs> oh, man. This is, this is, I think this is something that we don't, we don't realize ourselves, man. God is bigger than your personal preference of church. He's, he's bigger than the way that you believe things should be done. We have to acknowledge when we're the cause of someone else's people pleasing. I, I don't want to be that. I don't want you to try to please me if, if, if it's going against what God has called you to be. One of our former members uh, who's off doing great and mighty things, we left on a, on a good note. Uh, how many of you know you can leave church on a, on a positive note? Amen. Uh, Marie and, and her family, the Perez family, beautiful people. She, she was working with this organization called uh, Heels to Halos. This organization, uh, they go into strip clubs and they minister there to, to, the, to the strippers or the dancers, sorry. They, minister, they go into the strip clubs. Now, you ask some Christians, they're going to have a whole range of opinions on that. Strip clubs, really? Inside the strip clubs? And they're going to say, well, we're not called to look like the world. They should, they should wait till after their shift. Wait in the parking lot and then talk to them. It might not be the way that you do ministry or I do ministry, but if it brings glory and honor to God and it, they are being used in their calling, your opinion doesn't matter. Now, back to the, back to the text. Paul calls out Peter for his hypocrisy. Paul. Paul was, Paul was a man who was, who was learning from Peter. Paul needed Peter's approval to be accepted as an apostle. So you would think that, that Paul wanted to be nice to Peter. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if I should correct him because he's, this is Peter. This is Peter. He's, he's, you know, he's the rock. La Roca, right? Jesus said, I'm going to build the church on you. How am I going to correct him? Maybe I better not. Paul knew that people, people's opinion did not as matter as much as the truth. And so he put his fear or whatever it was to the side and he corrected Peter for his hypocrisy. Hypocrisy usually comes from, from people not practicing what, what they preach. Peter's hypocrisy came from, from his fear of what certain people would think. He, Peter was a guy who, who practiced what he preached usually. But in this moment, he was intimidated by people. The same reason that Saul gave for his disobedience. Saul said, I was afraid of the men. Peter says in verse 7 that he was afraid of the criticism. 
He was afraid of the criticism of people. So in that fear, he, he succumbed to the sin of people pleasing. He dissociated himself with the, with the Gentile, from the Gentiles. Now, Peter knows, Peter knows that this is not the way of God. Because at this point, Peter had already been told by God, do not call unclean what I have made clean. All right? There's this whole exchange in, in Acts chapter 10 where Peter is being sent to the house of Cornelius. And Cornelius, is a, he's not a Jew, he's a, he, he's a Gentile. And Peter has his kind of reservations. He's like, well, I don't know if I should associate myself with someone who's not a, a, a Jew. And, and God tells him, no, I need you to go because they are also in, a part of my family. And so Peter knows the truth, but, but he's also a devout Jew. He's been a Jew all his life. He's got close Jewish friends and relatives. He's respected. He might even have his own personal biases against Gentiles that he's still trying to work out. But the point is that Peter knew what God had already spoken to him. But in a moment of weakness, he feared man more than he feared God. And I, can we just talk about fear for a second? I'm almost done. I'll have the worship team come up here. The fear of people can, call us, can cause us to abandon our calling. The fear of people can call us to, 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 to surrender the things that God has told us to pick up. It's easier, look, it's easier for us to fear people than it is to fear God because people, again, they're louder. You're going to feel it when people are upset with you. You're going to get the faces. You're going to know it when somebody disapproves of you. You're going to wonder what the perception is when you, when you want to do something, when you want to implement something, when you, when you want to go somewhere, when you feel like you're being called to, to, to the mission field all the way across the world. It's, it's going to rub your, some people the wrong way. And you're going to get the feedback that you might not be getting from God real time. Yeah, I'll be honest, man. One of the main fears of 2020 was people. How are people going to feel about coming back to work? How are people going to feel about coming back to church? How are people going to feel? If we open up too soon, people are going to think that we're taking COVID lightly. If, if we stay closed, they're going to think that we're living in fear. I, I bet you every employer... Every pastor, every organization, they feared people more than they actually feared COVID. What are people going to think? There's nothing wrong with wanting to do right by people. But, but man, God might be calling you into a different direction that people haven't approved of yet. People might, they might not be able to see it yet. They haven't heard the calling that you received. They haven't seen the vision that God gave you. What are you fearful of today that's hindering you from dwelling in God's complete will for your life? I just want you to ask yourself that. What is frustrating you in this moment? Because people are just weighing in. We got some loud voices in our midst. We got, we got some opinions. And all of that puts pressure on us to move away from what God has called us to do. God has already spoken. 
Has God spoken to anybody this, this morning? Has God spoken to you? Do you have a word? If you have a word, don't let people who have no authority to call you to divine things ruin your calling to divine things. People don't do the calling. God does it. Psalms 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Write that down. 111.10, Psalms 111.10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The Bible says that, that wisdom comes from God. All wisdom comes from the Lord. So this means that the moment you begin to fear people, the product is not going to be wisdom. It's going to be foolishness. The moment you stop fearing God, you, you begin to fear people, you're not going to be walking in wisdom. You're going to be walking in fear of people. You're going to be walking on eggshells. But God says, the fear of the Lord, you fear me, you're doing it right. You fear me, you're going to have the wisdom to, to go where you've never thought you'd be able to go and do all the things that you never thought you were going to be able to do. If you fear me, What does Solomon tell God? God, I don't know what to do. I've never had a kingdom to reign over before. I've never done this before. I have no idea what to do. And I want to do right by your people. But he said, God, give me wisdom. Because it's from you that I receive wisdom. It's not from people. I ask people what they want to eat. Man, you're going to get so many different opinions. But God will give you the truth. And sometimes the truth will hurt. Sometimes the truth will hurt other people. And I know that's really hard for us sometimes because, man, we, we, we love us some people, man. I know, that, I know that your calling, I know that your calling might not, it might not satisfy your mom or your dad. I know you might tell, some, tell your parents, and, and we've had this happen before. Mom, Dad, I believe that God is calling me to the mission field. I believe that God is calling me all the way across the world. No, mija, no, 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 he's not. The, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I believe that there's people in this house with tremendous callings that are being pressured you're being pressured to abandon it because you're not sure what people are going to think. It might pe rub people the wrong way. It might be something that other people have never seen before. And so they're not used to it, but God is calling us to something new. And sometimes something new is really, really uncomfortable. But I want to remind somebody this morning that it is God who appointed you. It is God who anoints you. It is God who calls you. Listen to the voice of God. Let us not be people pleasers let us seek to please the Lord I'm going to ask us to stand this morning there might be somebody in the room this morning that you're struggling with this you're struggling with the pressure of, of succumbing to people pleasing even, even though some people might have the best intentions, they might want the best for you. 
but God has spoken. And let God speak into your life. I'm going to have the, I just want, I'm going to ask that you just bow your heads this morning and I want to pray over you right there. And if that's you this morning, if you say, you know what, I, I need help. I need help continuing forward to what God has called me to do and what God has called me to be. If that's you this morning, just, just raise your hand. I'm, I'm going to pray. I want to pray for you, and I, but I want to see you. I want to see those hands because I want to know if that's you this morning. Amen. 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 Let me pray over you. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name right now, I pray that your Holy Spirit bring just an overwhelming amount of conviction to our lives right now, Father God, through this word. I pray, my God, that you remind us, Father God, that, that wisdom comes from you, Father. That it is better to, to fear you than it is to fear our friends and our, and our family, my God. And even those who love us, Father God, you love us more. You know us more. You see the future that people can't see, my God. You see the future that I can't see, Father. And I pray, Father God, that all of my faith, all of my confidence, my God, every action, Father, every word, be to please you, my God, and not people, Father. I believe that there are some tremendous callings in this room, Father God, and I pray, Lord, right now that they may realize it, that they may see it, my God, that they may not abandon it, my God, because of the opinions and the thoughts of others, Father. You have already spoken. Even in the silence, even in the silence, we will move forward in Jesus' name. Now, if you're in this room, I want to have one more, one more thing. We're about to take uh, communion. But if you're here in this room, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You're not walking with Jesus. And there is a difference between coming to church There's a difference between being a part of a community, a Christian community, and actually following Jesus. And if that's you this morning and you say, I want to accept Jesus into my life. I want to recommit my life to him and I want to take up my cross and I don't care what anyone else says or thinks. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask that you lift up your hand and I'm I'm going to say that prayer with you. Amen. Lift, lift it high, lift it high so I can see it. Amen. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. I see, I see nine hands that are ready to make that commitment this morning. If that's you, and I'm going to have the whole church say this prayer with me. And listen, listen, look, if, if, if you raise your hand, I need you to know that it goes so much beyond this. This is the very first step. This is the commitment. This is you stepping out of your boat. And it's such a bold move, and I praise God for it. But know that there is more to come after this. And I want to encourage you. It doesn't have to be this church, but you got to get plugged into a church. You got to begin to grow. Because God doesn't want, God, God wants to take you somewhere. God wants to take you somewhere. Like he's taken me like he's taking Pastor Danny, like he's taking Josh and Andrea and Pastor Damaris. 
Brother Mikey, I mean, he has taken so many of us. He has saved us and he has taken us to new levels. So I encourage you that after you say this prayer, man, that, that you, just, you just start to seek God. So if you lift your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. I'm going to have the whole church repeat, repeat it with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, who saw a wretched sinner like me and all the darkness and all the ugly and all my failures and he looked past it and said I love him I love her I'm gonna die for them I accept that grace I accept your son Jesus Holy Spirit feel me now and take me into the everlasting in Jesus name amen come on church just praise God for a second hallelujah we thank you Lord Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.